The Mac Observer is Mac Geek Gab number 50 for February. Oh, my God. It's not February. April 25th, 2006. Hello, everybody. And greetings. It's Dave Hamilton from the Mac Observer. I'm here with John Braun. Hi, John. Wow, you're very subdued. <laughs> I just drove home from Framingham, Massachusetts, and basically got out of the car and sat down in the chair here to record the podcast. And yeah, sorry I spit on you before there when you said February. <laughs> That's all right. It wasn't the first time I screwed up. Of course, it was the first time they heard me screw up. But you know. Clean off the mic. Yeah, I've so, heard you screw up many times. Yeah. Someday we should release all those screw-ups. I, I save them all. Uh, you do. I do. I just haven't deleted anything. The drive's big enough. Oh, nice. Well, I'm coming up there soon, so yeah, we'll take care of that. You're coming up this weekend. So, uh, and we'll do a show here. So we are at show number fifty here. We are a day late, and do you have a dollar, John? No. See, we're a do- day late and a dollar short uh, because John was sick last night. But I think you're feeling better now. There's something going around. I yeah, there sure the, is. The pollen. Oh, yeah. So we you have that stuff up there yet? What's that? The trees, like, yeah, they're, they're spewing budding. on you yet, or yeah. what? Oh, yeah. So we have, uh, we have, of course, our continuing conversations about uh, Raid and Boot Camp to talk about maybe a cable DSL thing, but we've got a lot of cool new stuff to talk about, too. Uh, something from Sure that we found that sort of answers a, a, a wish list thing in a weird way, and a uh, thing called Pandora. And then, of course, just some new topics uh, from the emails that you folks send in to us. We love audio comments. Audio comments to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. That's your best way of getting something on the show. Email, we pretty much only read if it's really, really good or really, really relevant. Do you think we should take a minute and explain the show, or should we do a couple? No, let's do a couple things first. Explain the show? Yeah. You want to explain the show to them? We, I think uh, everybody's figured it out by now. Yeah, well, maybe in case... But if you're new, if you're new, which, you know, we, we get new people. We, yeah, right? we get new people all the time. We we are two Mac geeks uh, with long, longer than we care to admit, histories uh, in the Mac world in, in specific and the computing world in general. And our show here, our little chindig, uh, we talk about things that interest us as Mac geeks. Now, a lot of times that's Mac-related stuff, and sometimes it's not. Uh, but, it, you know, we wound up talking about TiVo and cable and DSL and all that sort of thing. But it's usually just stuff that interests us as Mac geeks. So that's uh, that's it. That's that's our piece. And it's about us, but a lot of times it's also. Oh, it's about, about everybody. You. Yeah, it's about it's the whole thing. We love the we love the whole interactive thing of the podcast. Now, this yeah, show, we got to be- balance the geek and the, the gap, gap, I think. That's right. So this show, because it's number 50, we're doing something a little different. We, we will have three distinct phases to the show. And here we are in the introduction, which, as normal, clothing is mandatory. There will become a period where clothing is then optional, and then a period toward the end where clothing is actually prohibited. We will keep you informed as we go through, but for now, keep your pants on. What? Hello? So we will uh, we will start with a question from Peter about the speed. Well, we'll let Peter explain. Hey, Dave and John, this is Peter calling from Freiburg, Germany. I hope you are the two Mac geeks that can answer my question on my PowerBook G4 1.67 gigahertz, one gig of RAM. I have a problem with Apple Mail. When I open a large mailbox, it 
firstly displays a very old message. I think it's a message from the day when I first installed that Apple Mail application. And after that, it loads all the newer mails. Obviously, this takes a while. Sometimes 20-30 seconds until I can get to my mail. I think that is way too slow. Yeah. Is there a way that I can reorganize that mail database or something like that? I knew Entourage had something like this, but as far as I know in Tiger, the um, mails are all individual files, so it might be necessary to rebuild the Spotlight database. I have similar, sp similar problems with Spotlight. So if you have an answer to that, I would really appreciate it. So keep up the great work. I really love your show. Bye-bye. All right, Peter. Uh, I, I know the answer for the mail thing, and I think, John, you can guide us through how to rebuild the Spotlight database too, right? You've been you've done that before, correct? Oh gosh, yeah. I'd have to do a uh, oh boy. All right. Yeah, I'll have to put it in the notes. The, yeah, the, the, there is a is a way to do that. Well, the, the mail thing. Uh, it, it I, when I heard your question, it, I was convinced that uh, that I had seen the answer over on Mac OS Ten Hints, and I believe that uh, that I have. We'll put a link to this in the show notes where we talk about. Um, the, the mail files, you're right, are all saved as individual files. However, mail keeps an index of all that stuff so that it doesn't have to parse, parse not parse, parse each, each individual file every time you scroll through a listing of your mailbox. So uh, you can, if you uh, close mail and look in the user library mail folder, you'll find... Uh, a, a file called envelope index and that file can get really big uh, we've seen some people with 200 meg files drop down to like 20 meg files so uh, go ahead and just make sure you've quit from mail first move that envelope index out to the desktop and then relaunch mail it will go through the whole thing where it says importing messages and that's simply because it's building an index from the messages that are already in there and that may actually solve a lot of problems and speed things up in the interim so that's the uh, that's the mail rebuilding thing. Spotlight, uh, did you find it, John, or do I have to do it from memory? Um, yeah, I got it up here. I think okay. it's pretty close. But uh, there's a, okay. uh, and I guess the way you want to do this is you want to uh, bring up a terminal window, and uh, to get an overall idea. So there is something that Apple tossed in there for Spotlight called MDUtil. Correct. Right? And um, so what you could do if you're in the terminal, we've told you this before, but you know, again, most commands, if you do man, as in a manual page, like instructions on MDUtil, it'll tell you about all of the switches or options for, for a particular command. And I believe the one in this case you want to do is a sudo, S-U-D-O, space MDUtil, um, space dash capital E, or at least that's what I see in front of me here. And I've done this once or twice, and then the particular volume that you would like to re-index, and that'll clobber whatever is there and rebuild it in case something uh, horrible has happened to it. Or in some cases, I think what we saw from past listeners, uh, you'll for some reason, it'll try in earnest. If, if the system thinks that something's wrong, you'll see multiple MD utils frantically trying to rebuild, but they'll never quite do it. I have heard of this. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so, and a lot of times they'll never finish for whatever reason. So, you know, a restart... And then just running this from the command line, we'll put a link to this because uh, Mac OS 10 hints has uh, all sorts of wonderful things. So ah, yeah, that's a way okay. to clobber that so you get back to a fresh state and it's only indexing things that are actually on your system because I suppose the same sort of thing could happen. Uh, index files, just like with the, the mail app, can, yep. uh, can get kind of out of sync or just corrupted. So 
Cool. So I think uh, that does it for that one. All right. Yeah. So the, the command would be sudo, S-U-D-O space M-D-U-T-I-L space hyphen capital E space. And then assuming you've only got one drive in your system or it's your boot drive you want to do it to, it's a simply a slash and then press enter. You'll be asked to type your password because of sudo wanting to do something outside of the realm of normal user privileged stuff. And that should do it. Sudo? I like saying sudo. But yeah, but it's sudo, right? Because it's super user do is, is what the command is short for. Super user do and then whatever the command is. So Yeah, the, but I like saying sudo. Right. But <laughs> whatever. So, so we've just killed two birds with one stone there. And, and introduced a third that we're taking shots at from the ground. Poor birdie. Well, you know. Somebody's going to yell at us. Pete is going to yell at us about the, the content of our show, I think, now. So uh, the only way to combat that is to have Neil lead us into the next question. Take it away, Neil. Greetings, Geek Gab. This is Neil again from St. Paul, Minnesota. Again? Uh, Yeah, I wanted to thank you for solving that recording problem that I was having a couple episodes ago. A double dipper. audioed in, and yeah, you solved the problem, and I'm sounding a lot better these days. Thanks a lot. Uh, Now on to my question. It's pretty easy, I think. I've got a 30 gig iPod 5G and I'm trying to make it so that it won't take music off of the iPod when I take it off of the library in my computer. Um, my third third gen iPod never actually erased the music from the iPod whenever I took it out of the library. And I can't seem to make that happen with my 5G. So I was hoping that I could somehow keep all the music that I put on my iPod on my iPod and free up a lot of hard drive space. Thanks in advance, guys. Love the show. All right. Uh, it sounded like he was in a kind of like a, a waterfall or something, there, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, do you know the answer here, John? Do you have any ideas? Uh, gosh, you know, I'm trying to look for this option here, but I seem to recall that there was this manual mm-hmm. sync mode. Yeah, if you, uh, if you go, it's in iTunes. What he said, I mean, as far as I know, it's it's intended to be. Um, you know, pretty much a one for one is whatever's in your library is going to be on your iPod, or it, at least the next time you sync up, whatever happens on one happens on correct on the other. Correct. So, but if you if, if you put it, yeah, what? there is. If you go into iTunes preferences, click on the little iPod in that list, and I don't have an iPod connected to the Mac that I'm sitting in front of, but there is an option by default. It chooses automatic and all playlists, and then of course you can choose automatic and only some playlists, or you can choose manual. Now, if you happen to have multiple iPods, either for yourself or for many people in your family, these options are saved per iPod. So it's not a global option for all iPods connected to the computer, just in case that matters. So yeah, you'd go in here and click manual, and then you simply drag songs from your library over to the iPod. Uh, I believe that will accomplish what you're looking for. What you described with your third generation iPod, though, Neil, sounds a little odd. If it was actually doing an automatic sync but not deleting things from your iPod when you deleted them from the library. That, that's, uh, that, that behavior, as far as I know, does not exist. So um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. follow-up to that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's one piece of behavior that, that is really undesirable. Now, I have a uh, shuffle okay. that I pretty much use as a flash drive um, okay. at work. And the default behavior, and, and again, if it was... That's one thing I kind of don't like is that when you, if you don't have an iPod in there, it's, it doesn't show you anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there is a way to disable it. Norm, I think the default behavior is you put in the shuffle and it launches iTunes, whatever machine you're on. Correct. 
and uh, I believe as, as you pointed out, that's a per iPod option. So if you set up that iPod and you say, do not automatically launch iTunes when this iPod is inserted, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of the uh, folks in the workplace would have iTunes, and if I just wanted to swap a file, it became very annoying because anytime you stuck the thing in there, intending to use it as a flash drive, it would also launch iTunes, which wasn't really what either right. of us wanted to, to get the job done quickly. So just a little sideline there. If you run into that and wondered, how can I make it not do this anymore? Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, so that's the uh, I think that's the end of like the new questions and stuff. So we'll move into our continuing conversations. I, I have a uh, I have a correction to issue, John. We uh, we got something wrong on the last show. We, we well, you know, you sit there quiet. So it was it was me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm the guy that's standing up here taking all the shots. So I was silent, silently guilty as yeah. well because I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got it. You really got it wrong because you didn't correct me, man. That's your job. Uh, anyway, raid. raid. <laughs> it was raid. Oh, and by the way, of course, since we're since we are exposing a problem, now would be a perfect time to move from a period where clothing was mandatory. Now clothing is optional. All right. Is that this for is, us or for the listener? It's a special thing for show number fifty. Participation participation is optional all the way through. But if you are okay. participating, you must adhere to the guidelines. Make your decisions now because it's going to get messy later. So uh, we were talking about RAID, uh, redundant disk arrays or, or ways of making uh, more than one hard drive appear to the Mac as though it's one volume. And of course, this is something that disk utility will do. We were talking about different RAID levels, and there are there are quite a few. The... Uh, RAID 0 is, uh, is we got right, is striped with no parity. Striped meaning that data is just stored from one drive to the next, and if you lose one drive, you lose whatever data was on that drive, and good luck stitching the other two drives back together to get mm -hmm. anything that's left. So pretty much lose one drive, you're sunk. Uh, RAID 1 is also known as mirroring, uh, which is what we said last week, and that is where you've got two drives, and they each contain exactly the same data. Lose one drive, still got the data on the other drive, fully accessible, ready to go. And then we said, then we described a situation where you have at least three drives, if not more, where one of the drives, you, you get the space of all the drives minus one as your volume. And, and then what happens is the drives share what they call parity bits, where, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to explain this exactly right. But I think I got the concept down here, meaning that the drives know how to recreate the information that's on any other one drive. So if you lose one drive, the other drives can actually recreate. It's very slow. It's not as fast as simply reading it, but they can do it. And if you plug a new drive in, it will actually recreate that, that the, the missing pieces on that drive. So very, very uh, secure or not secure, but, but very safe in terms of data protection. I, we called that RAID 3 last week. That's the mistake we made. That's actually RAID 5. RAID 3 also uses parity, but it has a dedicated parity drive as opposed to uh, the, the shared parity drive and works a little bit differently. I know Windows 2000 or Windows NT and anything based on, on that whole, you know, VMS became Windows thing uh, will do RAID 0, 1, and 5. RAID 3 isn't used quite so much. We did get some comments from you folks uh, about this. I realized that as soon as I started putting together the show notes, I was like, ah, oh, got it wrong. But uh, I do appreciate everyone who wrote in because it's important that, uh, 
that we all kind of share in this together. So thank you very kindly. We like it when you share. Parody. Oh, my. I still remember that back from our modem days, having a parody oh, bit. I hated modems, you know. I mean, no, I didn't. It was like a really cool and a geeky thing to do. But I'm glad we're beyond that now. And, and Remember, we? I, I think we started on 300 bits per second. Yeah, my first modem was a 1,200. I know yours was, was what, a three and... Three and three full duplex and twelve half duplex. The Apple Cat. The Apple Cat. That's oh, right. that got in a, that got some of us in all sorts of trouble with the phone company. But I don't, that's I another no, show. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know why you would mention that. Um, <laughs> well, the uh, statute of limitations ran out, right? I, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, that's that's the end of raid boot camp. Is is has been another hot topic here, and uh, and the media has been. Oh, Jumping on that like you know, crazy. I, I don't think Apple really expected the media to jump as much as they did. Right? There was that quote from Schiller in the press release. Where it was like, well, yeah, yeah, we'll make it so you can run Windows on your Mac. But, I mean, we don't know who would want to. You know, it was almost like Apple just didn't, didn't expect it. Uh, they were like, it's beta. We're not going to yeah. support it. Yeah. you got to buy a copy of Windows. And I've yeah. actually heard of several places now offering yes. to load up. Yes. Uh, not for free, of course, because you have to buy a licensed copy. Because of Correct. Uh, but yeah, they'll offer for usually less than the retail price of Windows. Yep. Uh, they'll offer to load it up on there for you. So uh, Who knows? Who knows where all this will lead? Uh, but we have, uh, we have a couple of questions and comments about Windows. I am going to start with an audio comment because I like audio comments. It saves us from having to keep talking and it saves mm. you from having to listen. Uh, but I need to find it here. It is. It's from Scott, isn't it? It's, uh, it's this one. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Scott, and I just wanted to answer your question that you brought up in uh, Mac Geek Gab number 49 about uh, boot camp and whether or not you could run it on an external drive. Uh, I actually covered this in my own podcast, Dual Boot Radio. It's D-U-E-L, by the way, for reasons I won't get into, but uh, we did it on purpose. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, when I ran it, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So actually what I wanted to do was uh, have everything OS X related on an external firewire and have everything and have the other partition on the uh, internal drive. So I went to install uh boot camp on the external firewire and it told me that it can't do that because it can't partition it. So it assumes, apparently it assumes that whatever drive you're installing it on is the drive that you're going to partition, uh, you know, and use for windows. So it, it doesn't want you to do that. Um, I don't know if there's ways around it or not, but I know that by default out of the box, it's not going to let you do that. Um, so anyway, that was my experience. I didn't really fight it too much. Uh, you know, because my main interest is in running uh, Parallels Workstation 2.1 virtualization software and have a virtual machine rather than your dual boot type situation. So anyway, I was just trying it out. That was my, uh, that was my finding, and uh, maybe somebody else knows more. Maybe somebody else went further with it to fight it and uh, try to bend it to their will. So anyway, keep it up. All right. Thanks, Scott. Uh, and yes, other, there is more to this. In fact, we got an email from Brian, uh, who says, in response to your query about the possibility of Windows XP running on an external drive, the answer is, unequivocally, no. It doesn't have anything to do with Boot Camp, however. If you think about it, and he's right, the firmware update that you install on your Intel-based Mac simply provides BIOS support via a bootloader or BIOS compatibility something or other. As we all know, Windows doesn't like EFI, which is what the 
the Intel Macs run. So you should be able to install Windows XP after the update without ever touching Boot Camp. He's right. Boot Camp equals dynamic repartitioning app and customized Windows driver CD. That's it. However, there's a problem. If you think about it, if you have a compatible Mac and plug in a properly formatted external USB 2 or FireWire drive, you should be able to select it during the Windows installation process and install Windows on it. You might even be able to boot up part of the way, but at some point you should experience a system-wide crash. This is where I'm a bit fuzzy, but from what I've read, the source of this crash is due to the fact that Windows tends to reset whatever drives the USB slash FireWire ports during startup, and that obviously kills the boot process. And he's absolutely right. You cannot boot Windows from an external FireWire or USB drive. So that's the, uh, that's the kicker right there. And uh, uh, you know, I'm and it's so they're, they're, obvious. They're, well, no, I don't think it's that obvious. Well, it, why is it resetting? You know, you could do it on the Mac. Why can't you? Well, why is it resetting the bus? That's just the way Windows works. Now, maybe Vista will change this. Uh, uh, train wreck that is Vista. Yes. Yeah, and Brian actually went on to say that that Vista may indeed change this. Uh, yeah. But but he's right that you know that that's the issue here. And and that brings up another point that I've kind of wanted to mention, and that is boot camp is just a utility to make this easier. Mm-hmm. When Once you've got Windows running on this thing, it is really no longer a quote-unquote Mac. I mean, sure, it's an Apple machine, and it's called a MacBook Pro or whatever you want, an iMac. But Windows doesn't know or care. Windows is simply running natively. In fact, you know, Windows runs more natively than the Mac OS. If you want to run 100% native on your Intel Mac, you know, Book Pro or iMac, run Windows. Every single app you run will be native. No Rosetta, no funny business. Windows is actually more native on the Mac than Mac OS X is. Think about it. Right? Wow. wow. I wonder if you got an IDE controller. Like through a PCMCIA slot. Yeah, there's no PCMCIA slot. They they took that out. To it. They took huh? that out. They took that out. For the nope. uh, Express Card. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Express Card. Well, actually, there's not a heck of a lot out there. No, that's like future forward thinking. Really future thinking. So. Yeah, yeah, I think Verizon offers their. I've, I've heard that there are some, uh, you know, wireless broadband deals. Yeah. A few people are offering. Well, an Express Card. Express card, yes. Oh, really? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah check the news. So I've seen a few. There's not a boatload of things. Actually, it's probably next to nothing. But ah, okay. It's coming. There you it's go. It's kind of a standard. But Apple, is, as they usually do, is a little bit ahead of the curve sometimes on some of the uh, interface <laughs> technology. Yeah, just a little. Much to the... Uh, <laughs> the bane uh, of the existence. Of That's right. Some of the users. But hey, they, 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 it brings the rest of the you know computing industry kicking and screaming into... You know, yeah, the way things should be. Yeah, like USB, right? I think Apple was on the forefront there. Yeah, well, yeah, not really. Or ditching the floppy. How about ditching the ditching? There you go, ditching the floppy, FireWire, all that. Yeah. Um. So we did get an email uh, that that answers a question or poses and answers a question about uh, the MacBook Pros or uh, Windows XP. 
You mentioned that you installed Windows XP Home on your MacBook Pro. Theoretically, the Home Edition doesn't support multiple processors, whereas the Pro Edition does. Since the MacBook is really dual core, not multiple processors, is XP Home making use of both cores, or is it only utilizing one core and you need to upgrade to Pro to use both cores? And this is a good question, because this actually has been going on longer than the MacBook Pro's been running it. AMD's had that dual core chip, and of course Intel obviously has one. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the answer is, the way the licenses work, And the way Microsoft explains, I'll put a link to this Microsoft licensing page in the show notes. It works fine, is is the net. Windows XP Home is licensed to use on a single processor, regardless of the number of cores. So if you had a quad-core processor in there, it would use all four cores. And it it sees, in the the MacBook Pro, it sees it as a dual core. It sees, you know, it shows you two little processor graphs in the activity monitor. Mm -hmm. It works fine. Same thing happens with, with Windows XP Pro. According to Microsoft, Windows XP Pro is licensed for up to two processors, again, regardless of the number of cores. So you could have eight cores running if you had, you know, two quad-core processors in there, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the, uh, that's the official answer from uh, high atop the mighty mountain in Redmond. Yeah, I was, I was happy to see that. I, uh, you know, I'm slowly uh, migrating to my new uh, work machine, the Inspiron 9400 with yep. the... Uh, core duo and yeah i looked in the you know performance monitor and yep there are two processors sure enough yeah it's yeah. a for a windows machine uh, i'll uh i'll share more there, there were some aggravations today trying to install things mm-hmm. that just reminds me why yeah windows aggravates me so but i develop on windows so hey you gotta pay the bill gotta somehow with it That's it was right. actually yeah here's what happened very quickly i was installing some dialer stuff it seems at some point internet explorer gets a little confused about where exactly it should go to connect to the network and because i installed some uh, uh it was a at&t WorldNet dialer and some yep. other things all of a sudden i assumed that it must dial out to get to the outside world uh-huh. so it would come up and it would yeah. say uh dude you got to you know, you got to dial out, and I'm like, but I'm connected to the network. Why? Did you go? Did you go why? edit the uh, the connections preference pane in Internet Explorer options? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get That'll to the you it. get to the place where you tell it, you know, don't dial, don't dial. All right, but but mm-hmm. you know, something. One of the dialers took it upon itself to say, hey, you know, you this is the default. You installed me. Yeah. You want to do this all the time? Yeah. No, I don't. That, it took a while to fit. It's just that is so, the problem with Windows, and it's something we don't experience on the Mac, and and it. It's simply because, you know, it's, it's, it's a chicken in the, well, I don't know, I don't know what the right analogy is. And of course, my Texas comrades would, would be upset with me for not drawing upon the right analogy. But, you know, on the Mac, everybody, the Windows people and any detractors will sit and complain that there's not a lot of software. The, the volume of software available for Windows is, you know, much greater, many, many orders of magnitude greater than that of the volume of software available for the Mac. Of course, you can do most of the same things. You just have maybe two or three word processors to choose from on the Mac, whereas you have, you know, 50 to choose from on Windows, and we always choose the same one anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, But, you know, that's the problem. You've got all these different people writing software for Windows and all these different people making the hardware that Windows is running on, you know, And, and so you've got that many more permutations available to create problems or, you know, mm-hmm. inconsistencies like, like John was seeing there. And that's like, the, uh, that's here the was the class. So the machine yeah, didn't come with the Bluetooth that I ordered with. Now Uh-oh. I got to give Dell credit. They did very nice work on this machine. Dell's customer service is good. Yeah. The Bluetooth is an installable option. Sweet. 
it's not like some of the prior Dells, you had to literally rip the machine apart and get to the motherboard in order to install the Bluetooth module. This machine has a handy little door. You need a screwdriver. You open it up. You put in the Bluetooth. But then here's the annoying part. There's a big warning in there saying, all right, when the machine recognizes it and starts to load the driver and stuff, don't do that. Right. Cancel it and install the driver on this disk. It's actually, I believe, a Toshiba module. And unfortunately, I was doing a couple other different things and it proceeded through that. I'm like, well, let me try it. Let me see how it works. And it just wasn't seeing devices and yep. not working right. So, you know, I had to back it out and install it to shoot. But to and that me, that's speaks, another thing. It's it like, speaks to the same problem. That's right. It's just it's, too much. It's, it proceeded. It seemed to complete normally. You know, yep. Windows XP has some Bluetooth drivers in there. Yep. It wasn't the right one because it wasn't right. working that right. That's that great. Same with the, uh, the wireless chipset. Um, it's an Intel uh, chipset in there. It's very nice, but if you just use the Windows drivers, you don't get a lot of options. Like right. we use Leap for security, you got to go to Intel and download their utility to get full functionality out of the wireless. So, so these are two examples of where, you know, what's in the OS gives you some functionality, but but not what you should get. Yeah, and that's frustrating. At least the Mac, my experience, you don't have to install something after the fact. Not usually. No, it's it's very rare that you've got to go and dig into drivers. And that's the benefit of having them control the whole uh, whole widget there. It is. Uh, all right. Let's move on to some uh, – w- w- the time is ticking. And, of course, like John said at the beginning of the show, John's actually coming up to the uh, the backwoods of New Hampshire. And, and I'll say, cue the bear. And I think Michael will know what we mean. And those of you listening to the AAC podcast have a real treat right now. Some of Michael's uh, homegrown artwork available for your enjoyment. So I didn't know that you had a picture of your place up on the web. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, With the bear? <laughs> Is that your pet bear? I'll put I, yeah. I'll put a link to the thing in my blog in case your uh, blog cabin. That was cr- that, yeah, Michael did that all on his own. So I'll, I'll put really? a link to the yeah. I'll put a link he to the thing. Illustrated that he did that. Yeah, he gave me that picture. I posted it on the on my blog, which I'll I'll send to you. For those of you that aren't yet <laughs> listening to the enhanced podcast, uh, for those of you that need it, the moment it comes out, stick with the MP3 version. The, MP, the AAC is about uh, what about twelve to fifteen hours behind usually. But anyway, John is coming up here this weekend, so uh, we will have lots to talk about. Um, I've actually I've got a little toy, I think, on the way that we can check out and then talk about on the show. Uh, cool thing to a cool thing to use with the video iPod and your Mac. So uh, hopefully that will be here in time for us to, to to do it. So this show is a little bit late. We would normally do Monday. This one was Tuesday. This weekend's will probably happen probably Saturday, I would guess, because you're not getting up here until Friday night. Right. But Speaking, oh, and of course, now that we're moving into a different topic section, you know what that oh, means, wait. John? Do you know what that means? Uh, Clothing is prohibited. If it's you've it. been playing a lot. Yeah, and if you haven't, now's the time to start. We won't peek. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was talking not that long ago about... You know, using in-ear earphones on an airplane, and the one thing that you miss is when the the captain starts to make an announcement, or the you know the flight attendant comes around and wants to ask you what what kind of drink you want or what kind of food you want or whatever, and you got to rip the thing out of your ear and all that stuff. Well, sure, announced uh, I think a couple months ago, and they're coming out with it. I think it's due out end of this month, uh, maybe next month. I guess maybe it would be next month because we're pretty much at the end of this month now. The Shure E500 earphones, and they come with a cool thing that they that Shure is calling push-to-hear technology. And it's actually a, a, a little inline device, just like we described, uh, that uh, 
it, you can buy separately. If so, if you've already got earphones you like, you can buy this thing separately. Kind of sits in line. You plug your earphones into this, and then you plug this into whatever you want. It's got a little button on it and a little microphone. And you press the button, and it activates this microphone, quote unquote, in the room, and and mutes or or at least reduces the volume of the signal coming into it. And that way, you don't you can have a great conversation with whoever's there without pulling these things in and out of your ears. I think it's killer. And uh, and I can't wait till these things come out. So hopefully we'll... that's very nice. Because yeah, I typically I try to get by because I have the Eddie, yeah. Eddie Modic here. Right. And yeah. Same yeah, thing. They, they pretty much seal in. You know, you're not hearing anything. Yep. Uh, unless it's a jet engine, even a jet engine. <laughs> well, that's the point. It blocks that out. That's the nice part about it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. So uh, see, so yeah, I try to get by and I, I try to guess what what they're saying. Yeah. Like if yeah. they come by with a drink card, I'll say. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever drink I want, or if they look like they want my ticket, um, it hasn't resulted in disaster or major embarrassment yet. That's right. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> what do you mean here? Use Don airplanes? You oh, could see used on airplanes. Okay. Right. 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 You okay Next. with that? <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got an audio comment from John Green. Whoa! What? I thought you said this was an audio comment. It is. Hello, Dave and John. Oh, hi, John. This is Hello. John Green calling from Hong Kong. I listen to your show often. I find it very informative. And most of all, I find it very relaxing. <laughs> Don't ask me what that means, but I do enjoy the show. Relax. I heard what you had to say about AmigoFish.com. Rocks. That's really interesting. People like me know nothing about music, so I have a similar dilemma when it comes to music. Yeah. When I find something I like now... I go to a place called Pandora.com. I can select an album, a singer, music, put it in there, create a station by it, and what Pandora does is starts throwing up albums and singers' names and tracks of music which are rather similar to the taste I've fed it. And I can create several channels to do this. The good thing is, it's like listening to an internet radio. You can listen to all day long, great stereo, great music. Yep. Of course, they try to sell you something at the end of the day, but there you go. Check it out. Pandora.com. For those ignorant people like me. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah. Hey, that's, guys. Oh, oh, sorry. Hey, whoa, whoa, sorry. Whoa. whoa. Uh, yeah, Pandora is actually something that I stumbled onto not that long ago. I think we I talked about it on my blog or we, we talked about it in the show. I guess now, now that I think about it, I don't think we mentioned it on the show. It's a very cool thing. It's a, got a little web-based player. Have you checked it out, John? You know what he's talking about? No. It's really no. cool. Speak. Like he, like he says, it, it's, you know, you put in the things that you like, and then it will start selecting based on, you know, and it'll tell you what the criteria is. It'll say, okay, well, you know, if you liked, uh, you know, this particular song by the Beatles, It'll say that song has, you know, minor chords and harmonies. And so you might like this, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Peter, Paul and Mary thing. And, you know, and then it'll say, well, you know, if you like, uh, you know, Metallica and the Beatles, it'll start trying to mix that together and find things that, you know, you hear you might like King's X or something like that. Right. Very cool. And then you can tell it. Yeah, I like this song. Keep playing it. Or no, I don't like this song. And and it, it, it'll take that into account as it moves forward. Very cool. There is a little geeky tidbit to add about Pandora, though, because, you know, it's playing all these these licensed tunes, right? How do they get away with that? Well, it's it's all part of that project there. However, uh, your computer's actually downloading those songs. 
If you go to the uh, activity window in Safari and you go to the, the tab where you've got Pandora open, you'll see a very large file, uh, much larger, many megabytes, i.e. the size of an MP3 downloaded. And if you copy that URL and download it to your desktop, you might just wind up with the MP3 of whatever song you happen to be listening to at the moment. I, you know, if you've got it, this might be a way of, uh, say, uh, you know, bypassing having to take the CD out of its case and ripping it onto your computer if it's a song you already own, perhaps. You know, or you could stick it to the man. I don't know if they want you to talk about that, but they don't pay my passed. bills. They don't pay my bills. <laughs> oh, but they may pay their, their lawyers. They pay their lawyers' bills. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, that ties into something. Oh man, I I can't remember the name. I had it on my phone, but it was something. It was kind of interesting. I'll have to get the name of it for the next show. But it yeah. was something on the phone where you would hold it up to a tune, and it would allegedly be able to tell you oh, after only yeah, listening on. to a couple of seconds oh, you can't what the song him. is. You can't tease them like that. And then, uh, oh, and we'll then put it in the show notes. Them. But it was no, something. No, no, no. We got to tell them here. Me. We can't just pad the show notes with you know the the result of our me- meanderings what? here, our rantings. Yeah, you, you got to uh, you got to find Moses. Is the, uh, is the is one of the services that's doing it, M-O-Z-E-S dot com. And you text, uh, if you're, this is actually a little bit different, actually. If you hear a song on the radio and don't know the name, you text the station name to Moses, which is 66937, and you'll get the name of the song. Bang, right there. So Okay. But go. I will find what it was on the phone, but and, I, I And you'll don't... mention it on the next show. We won't make them dig if they don't want to dig. Because it is, I think it's still on my phone. But a lot of those things, the, okay. uh, the Verizon... Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Hey, so uh, where, where i got to put we? my Swami hat on. And, of course, it'll be the only thing I'm wearing because we're in the clothing prohibited section of the show. But, but I'm going to put my Swami hat on, John. And I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. The MacBook Pro 15-inch model is going to get cheaper. You're going to get more bang for your buck on this. And it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Uh, but I did it anyway. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me that they're going to come out with a 17-inch. No, they already did that. They did that yesterday. And the reason I know that the 15-inch is going to be cheaper is if you go ahead and look at the uh, specs on the 17-inch, it's got the 2.16 gigahertz processor by default, the 120 gig, 5400 RPM drive, and uh, and I believe those are the only options. If you go and configure a 15-inch MacBook Pro with the 2.16 gigahertz and 120 gigabyte uh, 5400 RPM drive, it actually costs $100 more than the 17-inch Cousin, which, of course, has a bigger screen, which may or may not be a benefit to you, and an 8-speed dual-layer burnable DVD drive. Now, the, the drive in the MacBook Pro does not burn dual-layer discs, much to many people's surprise, including my own. Yeah, so it's got the price has got to come down. I mean, I, given the choice between the two, I'd still buy the 15 because I like the size of that. But, uh, but hey, you know, they shouldn't cost the same amount of money, right? John? Right. You still it may you? happen any day now. Any day now. So there it is. That's, that's uh, my Swami prediction. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it. Aren't you? Are you? Not I think f- they're going to come out with a 12 inch. Well, I'm sure eventually they will. But you know, I hope. I I really hope that the 12 inch isn't just like an iPod that knows somebody in the metal factory. 
an i and sorry, I don't mean an iPod. I mean an iBook, right? Because the, the other twelve inch wasn't really a power book. It didn't have the right video out. It didn't have you know. It was missing a lot of stuff. It pretty much and and even according to to some folks that I know in in Apple's repair, it, it pretty much was an iBook. It, it's uh, I think. Well, yeah, they had the metal. I think maybe it was some just of the metal. speed and some things were a little faster. Yeah, but as far as the guts of it the went, video card it was an i it was an yeah, iBook yeah. that wasn't video crippled, meaning you could do multi-screen without yeah. you know playing yeah. with the BIOS or whatever. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't and know. One thing I don't. Yeah, you you touched on the one thing, and actually, this is uh, much the disappointment of my uh, one of my other coworkers who has a twelve inch. Yeah. He, always misplaces and i don't blame him that stupid little adapter oh we all call it mini dbi yeah oh Oh, that's even worse yeah that's right just just figure out where on the computer to put any sort of standard vga or dbi or something because having an adapter for external video is kind of lame it is kind of lame i agree with you hey uh so knock knock who's there goat Go to who? Go to Portable Media Expo in uh, Ontario, California in September. We'll be there. <laughs> that was late. We are? Oh, great. I think are so. Are going to do a, a thing? Yeah, we'll do the thing there. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast and Portable Media Expo is happening again in September, and I uh, believe John and I will be there. I think one or both of us may be speaking on a variety of topics, and we'll certainly just be there, you know, taking just up the space. Schmooze. Yeah. It's always fun. Adam, you think Adam's going to be there? Adam who? Adam Christensen from the uh, the Mac cast? I'm sure he'll be there. I'd love to see him again. Actually, I, well, I saw him. We actually never got to meet face-to-face, which I regret. But uh, we'll fix that this time. Uh, of course, this, this podcast has been downloaded from Cashfly Hosting. And if you want to sponsor this podcast, you can do so by contacting the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Uh, we would love to have you. We like iTunes comments, and we love to give away Gmail invites. I don't believe we have any more Newsvine invites for you, but uh, yeah. but if we do, we'll give them away too. We really like audio comments, you know. Did you tell you want to tell them how much we like audio comments? What do they need to do to send in audio comments, John? Um, record one and send it to us. Well, they can do that, and and they email or that they to, to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. You can Skype your comments to MacGeekGab, or you can call 206-666-GEEK. And that's how you get them in. So uh, you see the show notes, uh, they'll, appear, they'll appear sometime tomorrow at MacGeekGab.com. And, uh, and that's just how it goes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for staying subscribed. We'll see you uh, a little earlier next week. We'll see you probably over the weekend. This and, week? Uh, yeah, we next look forward week, this to it. Week. This week. A couple of yeah. days. Thanks a lot, folks. Don't get caught. Words oh. to live by. Be naked? Yeah, put, put your clothes back on. Oh, yeah, clothing can come back on. Thanks, John. Thanks.